Welcome back to Word Balloon, everybody. The comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Last week, Word Balloon had its uh, anniversary. We are just underway with our 14th year of the Word Balloon podcast. And in that time, I've been very fortunate to network and meet some incredible people online, face-to-face, that, uh, man, uh, when we first met, who knew where our careers would take us? Joe Henderson, our guest today, a classic example. Joe is the showrunner of the Fox show Lucifer. It wrapped up its last uh, season on Fox tonight. You might be aware that uh, Fox was doing some major slashing of a lot of primetime shows to make way for uh, Major League Baseball's postseason, and also they acquired Thursday Night Football. And unfortunately, as a consequence, a lot of shows have left the uh, network, uh, both being canceled and so, in some cases also moving to other platforms. We've heard that Brooklyn Nine-Nine is moving to NBC. Uh, Gotham got a, a stay of execution and got a half-season order of 13 episodes, so they'll be able to wrap up their storyline. Lethal Weapon found a new co-star in Sean William Scott, so that show has been saved. Really interesting time, but you know, a lot of shows have just been uh, canceled to make way for uh, this sports program that's incredibly expensive for Fox. Uh, but Joe uh, and Lucifer, unfortunately, were victims of it. But, you know, Joe understands and uh, is uh, reasonably uh, positive because the Save Lucifer campaign is underway and uh, getting an incredible response, a larger social media response than Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is fantastic and uh, very exciting. So even though things might have ramped up tonight with uh, the series finale, we're uh, recording this literally uh, as the uh, finale is airing on Fox. Joe was kind enough to uh, provide me with a a preview of tonight's episode. And uh, we recorded this conversation just under an hour before the East Coast and Midwest uh, got their uh, look at the series finale. And uh, But again, the things are up in the air in a very positive way. Uh, Joe teases of some story ideas that might make it to season four, the fates of some characters that may or may not be uh, in a p- possible season four. But also I want to point out that in this environment, to get three seasons on uh, one of the four major networks of a show this uh, unique and also uh, a geek culture show, it's a huge accomplishment. And uh, cast and crew that were assembled for Lucifer, up and down just A-list quality people that uh, made three seasons of incredibly entertaining television. I know if you're a Lucifer fan, you agree with me, obviously. And it's a a great chance to talk to Joe uh, right now while things are happening. uh, And and you'll get his point of view of uh, the status quo of Lucifer on today's Word Balloon. I hope you enjoy it. It's all brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. Thank you very much, League, for your support for this podcast through Patreon. You know, uh, again, uh, a lot of times uh, you really help out, whether it's updating equipment or getting me to conventions to meet a lot of interesting uh, geek culture people from the worlds of comics and television and film and animation. Uh, And I thank you for your support. So if you want to subscribe to Word Balloon, you don't have to. Word Balloon's free. It'll always be free. But if you appreciate uh, what I try to do here each week and want to support the cause, you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon. Word Balloon is also brought to you by uh, our sponsor, Comic Experience, the world's most respected online comic book university. They're now open for enrollment in all manner of comics illustration and storytelling courses. Introduction to figure drawing and anatomy start this week, followed by character design, digital painting, and the introduction to comic book art and storytelling. Don't miss these amazing courses. Andy Schmidt, uh, the founder of uh, Comics Experience, a former Marvel and IDW editor and author of the upcoming book, The Comics Experience Guide to Writing Comics. He leads a group of instructors that are all working professionally 
professionals in their field and are trained in their profession. The Comics Experience alumni have illustrated for all major publishers, and they pack their courses full of real, valuable, real-world information to indie creators and creators that are, you know, trying to aspire to uh, working at one of the big two. You can look through the course offerings and um, enroll on the website at Comics Experience. That's comics with an S, experience.com. Click on the courses to get full details. Don't forget to also sign up for their newsletter when you stop by the website. And you can follow Comics Experience on Twitter at Comic Experience. Also, make sure that you go to their Facebook page and like that as well. The folks at Comics Experience, they have a litany of writing and art courses for you to explore at ComicsExperience.com. All right, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Joe Henderson. Very excited to be talking to him and especially uh, just blown away by the two-part Lucifer finale. Uh, this show is fantastic, and I will gush about it on the uh, on the interview now, and you'll hear me do it, but uh, really great to get a chance to talk with Joe at this interesting, crucial moment in uh, Lucifer's television uh, life. So uh, without further ado, our talk with Joe Henderson on Word Balloon. Man, Joe Henderson, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on, and welcome back to Word Balloon. And I'm both happy and sad for you right now because <laughs> I know Lucifer kind of hangs in the balance. I don't know what kind of, you know, I know the Save Lucifer campaign is on. But at the same time, I want to congratulate you for an incredible finale and really a great season. So nice going, man. And I saw your name on the, the second part. I don't know, was you, were you the writer as well of the first part of the two-part finale? My, uh, my co-showrunner, uh, Ildi, wrote the first half and I wrote the second half. So oh. it was a fitting way to end the season hopefully not the series um she she got she wrote the incredible episode i thought where uh charlotte richards uh sacrificed herself and i got to write the slam bang finale where everything changes yeah man taking uh taking pierce down and uh man it's uh kane versus lucifer what a great i mean you know we're we're under the assumption and i certainly already said this in the introduction that people listening have seen the finale yeah, uh, and and yeah, let's so, talk spoilers. Yeah, damn straight, man. Oh my god, great ending. And you know that whole idea that starts in the first part, but but is in there as much in the second part of self determination and the yes. revelation that you know Amandiel uh, it comes to DB Woodside so great and just kind of saying, you know, I I think I get it. I think I know how all this works now, man. And a great conversation with Ian Lucifer in, in part one about that. That again, that's kind of the the subtext of the entire two parter. Yeah, and it's really a, a big part of the series itself, which is so much of it is Lucifer blaming his dad and anyone other than himself for what's going on with him. Yep. So then you had this season where someone, it appears, is changing him and giving him wings and doing all of this. And we knew from the beginning that what we really wanted to do was make it Lucifer's fault because it's always interesting when, you're, when your hero is his own torturer. And, and so, yeah, that was what we've always been building to was this... Uh, reveal of Amenadiel losing his wings, Lucifer gaining his wings, all of it is self-determination, and you are what you make of yourself, especially if you're an angel. And yeah, and and even someone as black as Lucifer, he doesn't even see it, could possibly find, you know, that self-determination of whether you're going to be good or bad. And man, that just, uh, again, and also just the reflection of himself in Cain. And every time somebody, whether it's Chloe or anyone else, is talking about Cain, they're really also talking about Lucifer. And, you, you know, at times he senses it, and you see that subtext between them. And certainly Cain, in that wonderful final struggle, 
you know, is is you know, even before he says it, we we all know that as <laughs> as much as Lucifer is damning Cain, and it's like you don't get it, you're always going to be a monster, and and Cain's just like, dude, listen to yourself, and that's just beautiful, man. That was a great scene. Thank you. I think it's funny because Lucifer's arc has been so much about self awareness, mm-hmm. about you know meeting with Dr. Linda and getting to become self-aware. And in that moment, he's as self-aware as he ever is. And yet, as we see, he's still in complete denial over what he thinks of himself. And that, that was important to get to, to do our sort of two steps forward, one step back, let him become self-aware. Um, but then become even more self-aware than ever to a certain extent, because somewhere deep down, he doesn't agree with what he's saying. (laughs) And Chloe, man, just again, not you know, just self denial through all this and yes. everything, and you know your metaphors and uh, just you know damning Lucifer with you know we you know you're never going to tell me the truth of what's really going on with you and that wonderful moment where he's like I'm the devil and she's like I just don't see you that way and and yet at the same time again feeling like she's not really getting the full story until that final moment. Yeah, it was it was really important to us uh, to what one to uh, have her realize the truth and discover it. And, but two to already sort of be walking down that path before she found out, like so much of this episode was her reevaluating everything. Uh, if, if Pierce isn't the man she thought she was, what about Lucifer too? Yep. And so when she's walking in that room, it's not the greatest shock ever because she was sort of suspecting it, but it's still the greatest shock ever because the impossible stands in front of her. <laughs> <laughs> and so we really wanted to, to, to nuance that a bit because, you know, uh, if we're lucky enough to come back, one of the big things is she's going to be telling herself, well, I mean, I, I already knew this. I, I figured this out. So it's okay. Right? Like, it, it's, <laughs> well, it, it makes mean? it a harder. Th- yeah, it makes it a harder journey for her. Right. Which is so much more interesting and exciting because right now we'll be opening up all of this new potential story with Chloe in a potential season four, and that's just such a fun toy. Absolutely, man. And, you know, this you got this great undercut of just classic monster, the tie between horror and romance. And, yes. you know, Dracula, and it's, you know, every every woman he truly wants, and both on, uh, you know, it, it, and sometimes in the, in the right hands, uh, an interpretation of that, you know, Dracula, you know, kind of template versus, you know, with the woman is that, no, there really is some undying love in that subtext of this evilness that that he represents. And obviously, Lucifer and Chloe, you've got this same thing. And it's, man, they just really, they knocked it out of the park. Seriously, Lauren and Tom, uh, really, I mean, dude, you are so fortunate with this show. And I know that's one of the reasons why I'm sure you're heartbroken, because this is such an A-list cast, truly. Everybody yeah. and and in this finale, everybody has these amazing huge moments. But first, yeah, tell me about the like I just said, the monster romance kind of connection here in that subtext. Well, yeah, it's it, it's Beauty and the Beast, uh, yeah. and Lucifer sees himself as the Beast. Sure, and that's actually something that uh, Tom Ellis has spoken about quite a bit. Uh, that that has always sort of been an element that we loved. It's it's you know it's I think it's a very relatable concept that we. Will she ever love me if she knows what I truly am? Like that, there's there's just something to that that's universal. Sure, um, absolutely. Go on, and, 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 cut you off, and then no, no, no. And <laughs> then in particular, this season, we started the season with Lucifer finally deciding I'm going to tell Chloe the truth, and it was a moment of empowerment. 
and then he couldn't, and that frustrated him. And then, so the bookend of the season is starting with, I want to tell her the truth, but I can't, and ending with, I don't think I'm the devil anymore, and then her seeing him as that. <laughs> so really wanting to basically take his empowerment away, like to sort of undermine our hero in the way that, you know, makes for the most interesting television, which is this is the worst possible way Chloe could have find out, found out, which is why this is the way Chloe finds out. Yeah, the only thing that was missing is, like, you know, blood spilling from his mouth as he's saying, Let's see, it's me, honey, how are you? That's, that's how we'll start the season. <laughs> there you go, well, my pleasure, man. <laughs> yeah. And man, but no, it's, and, and, and speaking to you, the other thing you said, uh, what was so fun about the finale to me is, like, I felt like I was writing a play half the time. Like, a lot of the scenes are just two characters talking or three characters talking. Like, you've got Dan having a great interrogation scene uh, with uh, with the man that Pierce sent to kill him. Yes. You've got a scene of just Ella and Lucifer on the balcony. Yes. Like, personally, I just, I love writing scenes that are about faith. And I love writing scenes where Ella and Lucifer talk about faith. But but what an opportunity to, to crack uh, Ella's faith and yeah. start to sort of put a little fissure in that. No question, man. No, and I mean, again, every as you say, everybody has a great golden scene. And, you know, we talked about it last time about Ella and what a great addition she is to the cast. And yeah, that balcony scene, man, is a really, oh. again, great moment of both of them self-reflecting, not, you know, and, and again, having these huge moments for themselves and, and part of Lucifer's own realization of yeah you know something actually uh, god isn't really kind of moving everything you know yes, and it's yeah. again that aha moment for himself as ella is rejecting her i mean that's a great thing again both at the same time a lot of these scenes it's shared subtext between these characters whether they realize it or not or two characters going in absolutely opposite directions everything that ella believes yes. now she's questioning and lucifer coming to the realization of Oh no! Wait, maybe maybe my brother's right. Maybe maybe we really are kind of in control. Maybe and I don't even yeah. know. You know, if as you're writing yeah. it, he's thinking about what Amandiel had said. But you know, it's or yes. again that Lucifer Lucifer's so selfish, he's just coming upon it himself, or both. No, I think I think <laughs> he's he is shocked to find himself in normally Ella's position. Yes, um, like that is is probably a kind of terrifying concept for him to actually be arguing in defense of his father. Uh, and that was that was fun. Like, and honestly, what's so nice about uh, our cast is, like, you can just throw anything at them and watch them play. And I was like, literally, when I when I started writing this episode, it's the easiest episode I've ever written because there's so much there and there's so much to play with. Like, we haven't even talked about uh, Linda Mays. Which was so satisfying. Oh, yeah. to We're going to get to Maze. Absolutely, man. No, that's, please. <laughs> you know, no. I, I Again, honestly, I can, you know, we could probably spend three minutes well, easily yeah, on so, every uh, cast like, member. With, yeah, I mean, like, so with Linda and Maze, like, Maze's whole arc this season was, uh, exp- like, season two was all about uh, discovering sort of uh, a family here, uh, here on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then season three was all about realizing family's hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. Love is hard. Emotions are hard. Love is torture to a certain extent because it makes you vulnerable. Agreed. And yeah, go on. Yeah, no go. Well, and I was just going to say no. And I mean, the great thing is uh, Leslie Ann has these amazing scenes, uh, great fight scenes, wonderful fight scenes with Pierce and Pierce's crew, and then this amazing emotional scene 
with Dr. Linda. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Ray, you know, every time I talk to you, I always say how much I love Rachel Harris. And, oh. man, seriously, man, that's great. She comes in for her, like, ten minutes or five minutes, whatever the actual screen time is, nails it every time. And you guys, again, you've been, as you say, this has been building to this. It's three seasons of moving these chess pieces around and giving them rich, you know, backstories that all of us who have been following are understanding, and it's all paying off. And that's that's the thing, man. I, I, I do want this story to continue. That said, you end on a pretty cool note. And I think that's kind of... <laughs> honestly, and again, I want, like I said, I do want, I want a resolution. But also, I got to tell you, man, more satisfying than, say, The Angel last episode. And that's one of my favorite finales that wasn't necessarily oh. intended to be a finale. But I would say even... This has that great classic, even 70s horror moment of that reveal. And it really, yeah. this this could be where the 70s movie ends and we get the credits. But again, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be very interesting. I, I I wish the best for you, but you're, you're sitting on a nice hand if that's if this is the end also. Well, it, it, it's funny because we literally, we designed our finale to be uh, undeniable. To be like, there is no way you could possibly cancel our show with this ending. And I, I guess they called our bluff pretty well. I, uh... Well... <laughs> You got, I mean, but yeah, no, it's go ahead. Listen, it, it's it's satisfying in as much as that it wraps up so much. Like you get you get your answers to so many questions. You get your answers to the very nature of angels and their yes. self determination. Yes. Um, and then so much of the the goal is uh, to give people a satisfying a- ending, but then a tease of what's to come. And sure. you know, there's no bigger tease than completely <laughs> upending the relationship between Lucifer and Chloe. Uh, and finally exploring what happens when she's in the know. Agreed. Well, you know, and b- before we get to, uh, you know, how great Lauren was and everything, I just want to oh. say one last thing about Tom, because I know, you know, your lead's your quarterback and everything. I love the fact that even before you give him the crazy CGI eyes, so however you guys manage that that effect of his flaming eyes, when Tom is even just being, you know, human Lucifer, he gets those wonderful moments that he can go from charming to crazy on a dime. Yes. And I love yes. that, man. And there's so many great shots of him acting in in this finale where he is in full crazy and you don't need the flaming eyes, man. And it's great. And it's just bubbling under the surface, whether he just wants to lunge at uh, at Kane or, or, you know, is just, uh, again, kind of expressing his self-awareness and everything. It's fantastic. People, people underestimate how hard it is what Tom Ellis does. Like, he, like he, he can turn on a dime and make it feel so effortless. And because it feels effortless, no one really understands just how much work he puts into that and just how hard it is. And it's just, it, it's amazing. I mean, if you look at the, uh, the scene at the top of Act 4 between Cain uh, and Lucifer, where it's just mano a mano, and it's basically Lucifer just speechifying it's like a it's a four-page scene and it doesn't feel like it because tom is just on fire like i mean it was like i was when i was on set it was like watching a play everyone was just silent watching him just stalk the 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 set and just own it oh it was it's like a master class all right now before we get to learn then we got to mention tom because welling the other time. Yes. Man, I'll tell you, a great counterbalance, wonderful season, a great big bad in the Buffy vernacular. But, I mean, just, uh, <laughs> you know, really, I mean, and also, by the way, just as a, a, a an off, uh, a, you know, completely 180 thought, man, 
I love how he looks at his age right now, and I would love to see him play a Kingdom Come Superman right now. Because, oh, man, because wouldn't that be filmed, awesome? Yeah, he's filmed out in a very adult way, and I, and I really think he could pull off middle-aged Superman and, you know, and do it really well. It was funny, you know, he, was, totally too, he was too old playing, uh, you know, a, a kid in the couple of final years of Smallville and stuff, and now he's, you know, looking his age in, a, in the best way. And yeah, so yeah. but but anyway, let's get back to him being Pearson Kane. Um, again, yeah, just a great counterweight, and um, his own disappointment that he loses Chloe, and and you know you you feel that, and I mean really this is obviously a reflection of Lucifer that you know whether he realizes it or not. I mean certainly in the finale and the final moments he does, but yeah, it's just these these this you know mirror image of Lucifer, and and a lot of times Lucifer just doesn't see it. Yeah, and it's it's all fear. It's all exploring the concept of fear. And Cain was fearless for so long mm-hmm. because all he wanted was something he could never have. And it, we really wanted to, like, I feel like on a normal arc, you would have Cain lose his uh, his immortality at the very end. And we wanted to move that up and explore what happens when the dog catches the car. And play <laughs> with that idea of, hey, you got immortality. Guess what? These things come along with it. Like you've been immortal forever. <laughs> like you were like like raw riding a motorcycle. You ride a motorcycle because if you get thrown off of it, you'll live. Guess what? You won't now. Uh, and just playing with that that incredible confidence he had. But where did that confidence really come from? Was he a confident man, or is he confident because he just knows he can't die? And what happens when you take that away? That was that was a thing we thought was just really fun because. Let's be honest, like, Cain uh, murdered his brother. He, like, he killed to survive once before. It's understandable that when he faces death again, that's what he reverts to. Very cool, man. And then, you know, as we said, Lauren, just wonderful, wonderful season. Uh, the cliffhanger, as you say, it opens a lot of possibilities. And, you know, I mean, God, you know, what does this mean for, you know her daughter and her whole family dynamic now. And also again, these feelings, what is, what does it make her if, if, yes. if however this, you know, continues again. So your so your intent with the season four would be no fake out. No. Oh, I was dizzy after the experience of almost dying and everything that no, it was in your face. She knows it's the devil she's dealing with. We tried to make it as un, uh, unundoable as possible. Like then we're, we end in a wide shot. Uh, for a very specific reason, uh, so that you see the two people exist in the same space. She sees him. She knows the truth. Uh, we wanted to give ourselves as few ways to get out of it as possible, just in case anyone was like, hey, you know, maybe we should put this uh, genie back in the bottle. Like, we wanted to protect ourselves to make sure there was no way. And by the way, no one ever brought that up. But like, there, there was, as far as we were concerned, there was no going back. And it was really exciting because new story starts generating like, Hey, uh, how does Chloe react to this? She's been working with the literal devil. She loves the literal devil. What does that mean? Her roommate is a demon. What the hell does that mean? Uh, and what is to a certain extent, the, 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 the responsibility of, of this knowledge, which I think is a really interesting thing for someone like Chloe, who's a, a detective to have to grapple with. And so there, there was just, such a meal and once we started talking about season four it just story just started just just pouring out 
Wow. Okay. So you know, hypothetically, would you you know you so you've got ideas all ready to go for a season four? Should should your fortunes change? So we uh, what happened was we went in and pitched Fox about I think two or three weeks ago. Okay. Um, season four, uh, uh, what the dynamics are, uh, who are villain or villains are. We pitched in the whole shebang, and honestly, I've never had a better pitch. Like it was fantastic. They loved the high concept. They loved. Um, we have, we were going to bring in, or are going to bring in a new character that just turned everything upside down in a really, really cool way. Uh, and I remember we, when we, uh, pitched it to Peter Roth, uh, as we were prepping for Fox, we pitched him our idea and we're, we're going, we're going, he's like, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. And we're like, Oh God. And then there's like silence. He's like, that's wonderful. That, <laughs> that's wonderful. I, oh, and then he just like, he just started like riffing on it. It was amazing. Like he's, He's never done that in a pitch for us. Um, so, like, we've got all of this stuff ready. And listen, Fox was excited. Fox loved it. But fact of the matter is there are bigger business decisions uh, that are above our heads that may have been above the heads of the executives we were pitching. Um, I'm very grateful to Fox for the three seasons we had um, and grateful that they loved what we had, even if uh, we're not going to be able to show it on their network. Well, you know, much like your, you know, recent uh, jump into comics with your image book Skyward, unfortunately, man, you're picking two platforms where the competition has never been this fierce. I kind of yeah. really believe that, both in the comics and in television right now. And truly, to get three seasons on one of the four major networks is a real accomplishment because, and no disrespect to Fox, but they, they change shows like people change underwear. And that's okay, because by the same token, they really come with, all right, you didn't like these 10 shows? Fine, here's 10 more of, of completely yeah. different stripes. What do you think? And like you said, for people who didn't realize, and I'm, I'm sure if they're Lucifer fans, they know the economics behind these decisions, and it wasn't just your show. Uh, Gotham was also in on the bubble, uh, all because of Fox getting the NFL, uh, Thursday Night yep. Football, in addition to their regular Sunday package, plus... Uh, postseason baseball, which is always like, all right, our you know our fall schedule is going to start in mid-November. So all those factors kind of you know, plus also not having uh, ten o'clock Eastern shows and and only having two hours of prime time each weeknight. So all those things kind of combine to, yeah, unfortunately, a lot of shows that have a core strong following, you know, suddenly it's like, oh god, I mean, you know, like I said, the Gotham fans were sweating it out. Now they luckily. Got a, a thirteen episode reprise. That's pretty impressive in itself. And I, I question, with the exceptions of the Law and Orders and some of these other stalwarts that started well before streaming and the other uh, platform challenges that television now has. Um, I I don't know how many shows are going to make it beyond you know a couple seasons. Plus the fact that Fox didn't technically own the show, right? They're licensing it yes. through Warner Brothers, correct? Yeah, yeah, and that that definitely put us at a disadvantage as well. And I agree with you. Like, I think we're we're a product of a of a different age. Yeah, uh, twenty two episode shows uh, are a dying breed. And I mean, it was both fun and challenging to work on one. Uh, it's it's an exhausting process. Now, I'm lucky enough to have worked with a co showrunner and a writing staff that made it easier than it does on a lot of shows. And I think part of that helped us. Uh, not have those episodes that sag or that don't really matter. We tried to make every single one count, but like like you said, like the 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 world is changing and the the format 
uh, is changing. So it's, you know, it, it, it's a moving target, and we just try to adapt. Is um, In a perfect world, did you envision Lucifer having a seven-season you know, story arc, a five-season story arc, or, you know, I mean, how, how, how did you see things prior to your current status quo? Yeah, my thinking was, to me, this was like a midpoint. Okay. Like six, I figured on network TV, if you get to six seasons, it's a miracle. Sure. Like, so my thinking was, the minute Chloe found out the truth, that's like the end of an act, or I guess in yeah. this case, a, a halfway point, which okay. is, all right, we've told the story of Chloe not knowing, now let's tell the story of her knowing. So the hope, well, I mean, Towards uh, towards the last couple of weeks, the hope was, was to get at least one more season to uh, wrap everything up. Yeah. But back before we were quite as much on the bubble, the hope was to go six. Uh, and by the way, and be ready to do more if, if demand uh, called for it. But uh, but yeah, that I mean, I worked on a lot of shows where towards the end of the season, when I get to the end of the season, I'm exhausted. I'm out of ideas. I, I And then a month later, I get back up and there's plenty more there. That's cool. Every season on this show, when I'm done, I'm already ready for the next season. Like I've already got ten new ideas, ten new things to do because there's so much you can do with this show. Uh, because the, the the tone is so elastic yep. that you can do comedy, you can do horror, you can just do melodrama, you can do a little bit of everything and keep it fresh by shifting around. We're going to take a quick break and talk about our other great sponsor uh, for Word Balloon today, InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. And uh, help, let's uh, take a look at some great uh, Lucifer product that is available at InStockTrades.com. You can get the original Vertigo run of Lucifer, starting with Volume 1 from Mike Carey and Scott Hampton and other artists. Uh, it's uh, taking you right to the very beginning of the Lucifer experience. Uh, that is 42% off for Volume 1, $17.39. There are other wonderful trades like uh, Volume 11, Even Song, from Mike per- Carey, Peter Gross, Sander Cannon, Dean Ormstrom, and John J. Muth, Ryan Kelly, uh, among the artists that... Uh, did this uh, wonderful collection from Lucifer uh, from seven issue 70 to 75 another excellent arc 50% off $7.49 you can get volume 2 uh, again that's Mike Carey and Peter Gross and this collects issues uh, 14 through 28 of uh, Lucifer 42% off $17.39 you can get Father Lucifer which uh, is uh, from the new run of Lucifer featuring Holly Black and uh, Lee Garbett uh, that uh, is uh, 42% off, just $9.85. Uh, both are uh, great. And also, uh, by all means, get their first volume, Cold Heaven, from uh, Holly uh, Black and uh, Lee Garbett. Uh, that is the uh, first few issues of Lucifer, the first story arc. arc. 42% off there, $8.69. And uh, there's been more. Richard Cady's run as well, uh, Volume 3, Blood in the Streets. Uh, so you can get both runs of Lucifer, the original Vertigo run with Mike Carey and Peter Gross, or the wonderful work that they've been doing with Lucifer when they brought it back. A fascinating character both on screen and on paper. Discover it for yourself at InStockTrades.com. Don't forget, if your orders are $50 or more, you'll receive free shipping. They're good friends of Word Balloon. They've supported the show over the years. Great book place with great prices. You'll find the best deals and the best books at InStockTrades.com. All right, without further ado, let's get back to our conversation with Joe Henderson talking Lucifer on today's Word Balloon. That training you got at USA and that, uh, you know, I don't know who you would attribute the understanding how to break story, 
but it just seems to me that that era of white collar and um, certainly your first season of Graceland and a lot of these pre uh, Mr. Roboto shows that and post Monk mm-hmm. that period of everything Royal Pains and a lot of these shows was just at the same time light fun entertainment but also an under and Suits is certainly a good example that's still there at USA yes. but light entertainment but also with with definitely with teeth. And it will shock you in provocative ways. And like you said, Lucifer in particular shows that training. And you went even further because you added fantasy. And um, on top of police procedural, romance, as we said, horror. Uh, I mean, it's it really is playing on a lot of different levels. And the combin- and, I'm, and, and uh, tell me, first, your ins- like, who do you think led you to understand and, and break story that way? And also the staff that you've cultivated for this show. Like, how many of those people came in already with those rhythms, and how many did you have to train? And I'm not asking for you to name names, but just, you know, was do you feel you're teaching people to break story the same way? So first, inspiration, who that, who'd you learn it from, and who are you teaching? And how are you? First of all, the worst writer on our staff is definitely... Wait, no, no. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I guess you could say I, I really did learn uh, quite a bit of it uh, from White Collar, but honestly, before then... I was in a bunch of writing groups okay, and like you'd have to break uh, uh, spec episodes and procedurals. And the big thing that we would do is you'd always break, you always break from character, or at least that's what I would do, which is what are the arcs the characters need to go through? And then, and then what is the case which will reflect those arcs? And that's something that we found on white collar, but it took us a couple episodes to find as we were sort of exploring what the show was. And it's something that sort of ended up baked into my DNA because I don't care about a case of the week. I cannot write a show <laughs> that is just about a case of the week, I should say. Um, I care about a case of the week if my characters care about it and if those characters are invested. So uh, when we break story, the first thing we ask ourselves is, what is the journey of the character? Uh, what are the things they're going to learn? And then, And sometimes you get that up and then you start talking about the case and then that journey changes as you explore the case. Or sometimes you're just like, I just, here's a really cool sequence. Like we, uh, one of the episodes that I brought into the room is like my, I have a crazy pitch, which I like to do every now and then there's like every season I have a couple episodes where I'm like, here's just an idea. I don't know where it fits, but here's the idea. And I was like, I really wanted to do an episode where Lucifer can't thinks he can't control his wings or can't control his wings. And so he decides not to fall asleep because when he's asleep, his wings seem to be saving people. And like, and I, I came in and I'm like, and it's called the angel of San Bernardino. By the way, I didn't even know where San Bernardino was. I just thought that was a really cool name. <laughs> it does sound good. Go on. <laughs> so we're like, yeah. So we're like, it stayed on the board, uh, all of season three. And it was always that floating thing. And I started to feel like, ah, oh, maybe I'm forcing this on them. Like, I don't, I don't want to break an episode just because I think it's cool and no one wants to tell me it sucks. Um, but then finally we got to episode 16 and everyone started rallying around it. And then and it became very different. Like in the end, he's not actually doing it, uh, which was not part of the pitch originally. But it was it still came from a very simple character idea, which was uh, Lucifer can't control his own body. Mm-hmm. And a second idea of his body is doing good, which I think is so much of his character, which is... Uh, He's an angel, but he cut off his wings, and now his wings are back. So what is that metaphor? What does that say? Yep. And when the devil is told he is good, you know he's going to zig the other way. 
So that was that was my my passion one. Uh, the one season two was God Johnson, uh, which also changed quite a bit. But I just I loved the idea of a murder in a uh, psych ward and a guy's guy was named God Johnson. <laughs> now, our the show's been running on Hulu, correct? Uh, yes, our our uh, our second like after after it airs, it airs on Hulu the next uh, the next day, I think. Okay, and so do you know moving forward uh, how long? This season and subs, you know, with the previous seasons, are, are going to be available on Hulu. That's a great question. I, I genuinely don't know. Okay. I, uh, I I don't know what the plan is for a lot of of this. It's it's weird. I mean, I, I'm just going to be honest. I was uh, un uh, I, w- I was unprepared <laughs> for this to happen. Sure. So there's a lot of stuff that I'm still figuring out. But and there's a lot of questions I should be asking. But honestly, I've been so. Uh, caught up in the Save Lucifer campaign uh, that I really haven't had much time to do much more than that. Okay, well, let me, before we get to the Save Lucifer campaign, I want to, when did you find out? Did you just find out last week? Uh, we just, we found out, um, I think, the day before it got out. Okay, um, okay, yeah, sure. And so uh, we knew, and then we were sort of quietly telling people while we were waiting for word to get out, so... Uh, by the time we got out, we had known for maybe like 12 hours, maybe less. Um, and so, yeah, we were sort of absorbing it and trying to to prepare people for the news to come. Uh, so it was like, it was just this gut punch. And then this incredible uplift of um, people responding. Like, the same Lucifer campaign was not us. Like, I, I think I started tweeting about it uh, 30 minutes after it came out, but that's just because... I literally like my my uh, notifications were just piling up with it, and Good. honestly, in my greatest uh, fantasies, I didn't expect it. Like Brooklyn Nine Nine got this amazing response, and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's the show that's going to get the the big fan response that might have a shot." And then we surpassed Brooklyn Nine Nine in fan response before they even got their pickup. Wow, wow! Uh, and by the way, I'm so happy for Brooklyn Nine Nine sure. because it's an awesome show sure. and it deserves another shot. Absolutely, um, man. No, no, no. And 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 you know, even I got to be honest, I'm not a big Gotham guy, but I'm like, all right, they're getting they're getting to finish their story. Great, yes, fantastic. So happy for them. Yeah, and dude, you you guys absolutely, oh, you all deserve the same consideration. And so, um, where I mean, where do like, well, first of all, you should let people know the proper way to respond. And and obviously, don't swear, kids. Don't don't yell at people. You know, say it in a nice way and say, hey, we love this show. But you know, you give you give them the proper uh, you know way, way to respond on social media or other avenues to uh, help save Lucifer. Yeah, I mean, so the the two hashtags that we've been using are hashtag save Lucifer and hashtag pick up Lucifer. Uh, and by the way, I think we have three million tweets about save Lucifer and a million plus on the other one. Like it's been excellent. We had, we had a million tweets in twenty four hours, which like was just staggering. And and also, I'd like to commend the fans because. Almost all of them have been positive, not attacking Fox, uh, but instead talking about how much they love the show. And I think that just speaks to who our fans are, which is they weren't dwelling on the negative. They were just focusing on the fact that they wanted the show and and what to do. And that that was incredibly heartening because we none of us uh, attacked Fox. We we get it. Like business is a business. It's sad. That's but that is their right. And that is their druthers. Uh, and so, but they, like, I've seen very little that's against them and much more just 
what can we do? Sure. And that's awesome. Well, and again, I mean, hey, the NFL is not cheap. And I, I know this coming from yeah. sports <laughs> broadcasting. So for, you know, those of us in the nerd culture that aren't as hip to, you know, how much sports cost, it's like ESPN is bleeding money because of all of their uh, major league contracts and stuff. They are losing money constantly. And Fox, from day one, picking up the NFL, it's like, all right, this is going to be a loss leader, but this will elevate our network and stuff. So, again, from a business standpoint, we get it, but unfortunately, that means really cool shows suddenly get the accent. Certainly, this is what we're dealing with. So it's pick up Lucifer, hashtag pick up Lucifer, hashtag save Lucifer. I I think uh, the religious right must absolutely, their skin must be crawling <laughs> with the notion of a hashtag that says Save Lucifer, which also cracks me up. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of bummed that I, I haven't seen more, like, religious people being like, what is happening? <laughs> That's so. good, though, because honestly, man, I know that was an initial concern in our earliest conversations about the yeah. show. And so that's that's great, man. I always use the analogy of, it's like with South Park, that so many people were against South Park, but it was like a bad snowball fight where at this point the other person is just bent over and the other side is just pelting them with snowballs. like, all right, we give. All right. I, yeah. we, can, we have nothing else to add. And these guys well, keep coming back and still are there. Here's, here's my favorite thing uh, about the show is uh, some of the best the countries we do best in yes, tell me. are huge Catholic countries. That's crazy. And it's two reasons. One, they recognize the name Lucifer. And two, we're <laughs> kind of a faith-affirming show like we are a show about the redemption of the devil and uh realizing that you yourself can be redeemed like i think we're as new testament as you can get when it comes to uh uh, themes and the exploration of what faith means and i love whenever religious people find us and actually realize that we're a show that could be for them it's been it's been really cool like I see priests uh, post about it. I see religious people. Like, a lot of people in the Midwest dig it because they're like, they can watch it with their family, like, if their family's a little older. <laughs> and uh, and they they enjoy the, the hell out of it because, ultimately, it's, it's a show about redemption. Is, you know, Tom is a superstar waiting to happen, obviously. Yes. I mean, people are going to look back at this show, and maybe this is hyperbole, but I'm standing by this, the way that they looked at Johnny Depp after Twenty One Jump Street, it's like, oh no, no, this something, this guy's got something going on, and and, and truly, again, I think everyone in the cast performed excellently. But you know, it's it's about Tom. Tom, as as I say, I, I learned the analogy that the star is like the quarterback on a on a football team, and he's just he's such a performer. If you know, if you get a season four, is he in? Obviously, Tom. Uh is one of the driving forces behind it. He's, he's insistent. If there is any opportunity to save the show, he will be the first in line. Wonderful. Uh, here's a perfect, uh, anecdote that sort of tells you who Tom is. So we're shooting episode 16, uh, which is a pretty loose for heavy episode. And by the way, when you're on episode 16 and you're the number on the call sheet, you're exhausted. Sure. You're broken. You're looking for a break. And he really wanted to shoot this driving sequence. Um, towards the end of the episode where he's racing to go get to Chloe. And we're like, Tom, here's the problem is the only time we can shoot this is Friday at like 1 a.m. And he's like, great. I'm like, no, 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 Tom, you don't understand. It's at 1 a.m. We'll probably go till 4. That's the only time we can shoot this. He's like, he's like, mate, this is my Tom Ellis impression. Mate, it's 
it'll make the episode better. So that's beautiful. Uh, and man. and Tom Ellis uh, impersonation, but like that's episode sixteen. It's like <laughs> it, the episode will be great no matter what, but he wants it to be better, and that's who he is. Like he'll he he will do whatever it takes to bring the show back. He loves the show. He loves the role. Um, it's it's. I mean, it's you look at the fun he has in it. As much as he puts incredible lot of hard work in it, the dude's having the time of his life. And you can tell it, it shows on the screen. Well, we understand where Tom and uh, and Lauren are in in Chloe and Lucifer's relationship. What about and I don't and again I don't want to spoil, but obviously everyone's wondering what's going to happen to Amendia. I'll have is that the last we've seen of him? Is this the last we've seen of Charlotte? I mean, they're ascending, but you know, I, it, it, this is you know fantasy, and and certainly ascending angels can certainly come back to Earth if they need to. A very good question. Um, so no matter what. It is the end of Charlotte's story. Like, this was okay. us telling a beginning, a middle, and an end um, for Charlotte. And, by the way, God, Trisha Helfer, how yeah, amazing uh, yeah. was she? And uh, the, the we, we literally reinvented the character just because we loved working with her. Like, that's how much we wanted to keep her was we had a one-season uh, sure. deal, and we were like, can we just, can you keep playing with us? And so... We brought the character back, but we realized to keep her, uh, to, to give her the material she needed, because what the material she deserved, I should say, uh, we had to burn her story a little brighter than we expected. And we just realized that her arc was, can I stay out of hell? Which led to, she needs to get to heaven. Uh, and once we realized that, we, you know, we talked to Trisha and she was excited about it because she's like, listen, I, I, this is, this is a great arc. This is something I want to play. I'll be sad. Uh, because I love working on this, but I'd rather I, I'd rather you give me uh, the juiciest story possible. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, this we I, I say all of this with one thing in mind, which is we have her in one more episode because we have two episodes we still haven't aired Ooh. that are the standalones that were supposed to air season four. Wow, interesting. Okay, so that's that also is interesting. That now are we okay for like another couple minutes because i know you're going to be like we're, we're recording this before you're going to be live tweeting the final episode and you gave me access yes. early and i appreciate that by the way oh of course yeah yeah i got like I got five more minutes and okay. i'll jump into the live tweet no problem buddy and uh yeah no i appreciate that no trisha was great yeah. and it was this is the hallmark of these kinds of shows you bring in uh, a guest star for a season are they able to really nail it and real you know given an elevated performance and man, good for Trisha Helfer, man. I mean, you know, we all loved her on Battlestar Galactica. She pops up on a million shows in between Lucifer and Galactica and stuff. But here's another great meaty role. And as you say, man, for two seasons, she just lights it up. And and yeah, goes out with a bang. And I mean, her scenes with DB in the finale are just gut-wrenching. Oh, and like you said, no, yeah. a very complete arc. And a credit to her for being that strong of an actor to be able to pull it off. Way to go, Trisha. She's she's amazing, and it really was like selfishly, we're like we wanted to figure out a way to keep her because she's just such a talent. Like I knew that Trisha could do a lot of things. I didn't know how funny she was. Like sure. to discover that is in season two as mom, yep. and then to play with it in season three with Charlotte was a, a discovery for me because she's she is the female Tom Ellis. Like great throw anything at her, and <laughs> she'll. She'll hit it out of the park. I think you're right, man. That's great. Or, I, hold on, I should say, Tom Ellis is the male Trisha Helfer. I was, <laughs> well, no, but honestly, that is a great thing about Lucifer. 
So many strong women in that show, up and down, from an action standpoint, from a dramatic standpoint, um, from a comedy standpoint, and there's a real balance of the men and the women on this show. And, and truly, the finale, I think, showcased that in the best possible way. Everybody. I mean, God, Kevin Alejandro. Dan has oh, great moments. Man. And really, from so Goofy good. with the waffle crap and then, and then going <laughs> through the shock of losing Charlotte. And, man, his just kind of, you know, as, as Ella points out, he's on a tightrope. And, I mean, he, you know, he's part crazy and part so determined. And the best elements and the worst ele- elements of him are, are kind of fighting each other in the finale. Well, and that's one of the things that we were really excited about for season four is we've had a lot of fun with Dan, but the fact of the matter is Kevin can do some really meaty stuff. And one of the things that we hope to play with in season four is dig into that a little bit more, especially with him reeling from Charlotte's death and blaming Lucifer for it. Like that's a big dangling story that we really wanted to embrace and, and basically break Dan a little bit. Uh, because Kevin can go there in just such an amazing way. Absolutely, man. Well, I'll let I'll I'll wrap up now and just say, truly, congratulations on the three exceptional seasons. Whatever happens, if you get a season four or whatever your next assignment is, Joe, I'm I'm so happy for you because again, you've got you've got a great staff behind you, but clearly, again, as the co-driver of this thing, I, I think you this is a real testament to your writing ability, producing ability. And I have full confidence that you know wherever you're gonna you're gonna land in a good place because this show is going to be uh, a, a good thing for your resume. And I, I'm you know I don't even I'm sure you, well I'm sure you're talking both about saving Lucifer and finding out what the next gig might be. But whatever's going on, I, I know you're gonna land on your feet. Oh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Honestly, it's mostly selfish at this point. I just I got a really good gig working with great people. I'd love to keep it going. If not, it'll be on to the next. But man. Oh, we were we were we were just having so much fun. So hopefully we're gonna keep doing it a little bit longer. All right. Well, then we'll find out what the next chapter is in the, the Joe Henderson story, whether it is more Lucifer <laughs> or uh, or the next TV adventure, dude. As always, and also very quickly, thank you for uh, helping me get Tim Matheson. It was a great conversation, and I really awesome. loved the opportunity of speaking to him. And uh, no, seriously, man, I I always appreciate your perspective on this age of television and sharing with my listeners. Uh, your experiences, because I do. I find it fascinating. I know they do as well. It's educational for the aspiring writers. And uh, truly, uh, thanks for letting me to uh, be ringside for what's going on with Joe Henderson. Anytime, man. Let's. Uh, we'll, the next time you want to talk, you let me know. I'm always. I always love talking to you, Joe Henderson. I appreciate conversations with Joe all the time. As I said, I really mean it. And while the ball's in your hands, folks, pick up Lucifer that hashtag and save Lucifer. The two hashtags that are out there. As Joe told me, as we uh, finished recording and I stopped, we spoke a little bit as uh, he was getting ready to live tweet the uh, final episode of Lucifer Tonight on Fox. The good news is there is interest in other platforms picking up Lucifer. People are talking. So that's the good news. So uh, let's try and keep the campaign going. Use your social media responsibly. Again, don't attack Fox. Just let everybody know how much you love this show and want to see it continue. And it still cracks me up that (laughs) there might be religious people that have a problem with the hashtag Save Lucifer. But then again, with uh, the current uh, status quo of uh, the United States, who's to say? I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Word Balloon. And uh, listen, we've got another great episode as well. Uh, A real 180 from our conversation with Joe, Michael Kupperman 
who uh, is a great uh, graphic novelist. Uh, Tales to Thrizzle is one of the funniest books uh, out there that Michael has been making over the years. Well, he has a very personal story, a graphic novel that he wrote about his father, Joel Kupperman. Now, you may not know him, but back in the 40s and into the 50s, Joel Kupperman was a huge media star. He was on the radio show called The Quiz Quiz Shits. Quiz Kids, and Quiz Kids was this incredible show of young children who apparently had very amazing abilities to answer what seemed to be very difficult questions, this incredible game show. Uh, It made Joel a national celebrity. He met the president. He met many celebrities over the years. And uh, it's kind of a sad child star story. Uh, And Michael tells it in a very interesting way. And uh, I knew about Joel Kupperman being an old-time radio fan and had no idea that this sweet, innocent show, uh, Joel just wasn't uh, having fun doing the show, to put it mildly. And uh, his story, his father's story, is fascinating. And also, Michael's uh, attempts to connect with his father are a big part of this graphic novel as well. So it's a fascinating story, and Michael really tells it in a beautiful way, uh, both visually and storyline. Your heart's going to go out to this uh, incredible father-son relationship and uh, the story of Joel Kupperman, this math genius that uh, didn't want fame, just wanted to be a normal kid. And uh, it's just a very interesting story that also dovetails into uh, the quiz show television scandals of the 50s and early 60s. And Joel was a, a participant uh, on those quiz shows uh, in a different way. The $64,000 challenge was his show. And Michael tells the story behind that. And uh, it's fascinating, honestly. I mean, I, I was interested as an old-time radio person. But I think anybody that uh, looks at uh, the, the uh, highs and lows of celebrity will find this story very interesting, both the graphic novel and our conversation. So please join me for this conversation coming up with Michael Kupperberg on another episode that uh, dropped this week on Word Balloon. Today's episode brought to you again by Comics Experience. Don't forget, Comics Experience is the world's most respected online comic book university. And now they're open for enrollment in all manner of comics illustration and storytelling courses. They've got coming up, Introduction to Figure Drawing and Anatomy, that starts this week, followed by Character Design, Digital Painting, and the Introduction to Comic Book Art and Storytelling. Don't miss these amazing courses. Comics Experience's instructors are all working professionals in their field and trained instructors. The Online Comic University was founded by Andy Schmidt, the former Marvel and IDW editor and author of the upcoming book, The Comics Experience Guide to Writing Comics, which is specifically made to help those trying to break into the industry. You can look through Comics Experience's course offerings and enroll at the website, comicswithanexperience.com. Click on the courses to get full details. Don't forget to sign up for their newsletter when you stop by the website and follow them online on their Facebook page and on Twitter at at comic, singular, no S in this case, comic experience. Thanks again for listening to Word Balloon today. Uh, Also brought to you by InStock Trades at InStockTrades.com. Again, just a ton of Lucifer comics, both the Mike Carey run and also the Holly Black and the Richard Codry run as well. Excellent books, great prices for them as well, as much as 42% to 50% off. Lucifer full story arcs at InStockTrades.com, a great way to satisfy your Lucifer fix while we're waiting for the fate of the television series. Again, if you haven't watched Lucifer before and you listen to this conversation, do yourself a favor. you got to binge the show. 
three seasons of just really funny, smart television. And uh, I, I love it. And, I, and I'm always happy, as I said, to talk to Joe about anything he writes because Graceland was a great show as well as he was running it. His run on White Collar speaks for itself as well. Uh, he's just a really, really smart television writer that I think knows how in this very competitive time to tell great stories. And the writing staff and, uh, and everyone in the crew and cast of Lucifer just kicked ass. So uh, raising the glass to uh, the people behind Lucifer for an excellent three seasons. Here's hoping they get a chance for a fourth season. But in the meantime, you can enjoy more Lucifer stories at InStockTrades.com. Thanks again for listening to today's Word Balloon. I hope you check out the Michael Kupperman episode that's dropping as well today. In addition to other great episodes at WordBalloon.com, again, uh, we're starting our 14th year here at Word Balloon, and uh, thank you for being along with me on this journey uh, where I get to talk to these incredible people about the uh, very fun things that they make and uh, wonderful storytelling. Uh, Great episodes are coming up next week and beyond. So uh, keep uh, things posted here at wordballoon.com for more great shows. And we might have a couple more uh, salutes and looks back at some other exceptional word balloons that I've had the opportunity to do since uh, May 10th of 2005. Can you believe it? That's when the word balloon started. And uh, I'm not stopping anytime soon. Thanks a lot for listening today. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions, copyright 2018.